Hello there, everyone. Brother Dave here with the, from the Lost Kings podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. We truly appreciate that. First of all, I'd like to thank God for blessing me with the opportunity to be able to speak, teach, and encourage any who are listening and who are in need of it. So thank you, Father. I can't thank my listeners and my supporters enough. I truly thank you for uh, checking us out and sticking with us and spreading the word. You know, today we're going to be talking about uh, the virus, COVID-19. We're going to speak a little bit on my thoughts on Thanksgiving. And then we're also going to touch on the election, the 2020 election. Not so much details of um, numbers and everything, but we will touch on it. And hopefully um, you as my listeners and supporters would like to uh, chime in and and drop a message so the next time we can um, speak about it a little bit more broadly on the topics that we're about to speak on. And uh, on the second half of this uh, short message that uh, this podcast that we're going to be putting out today, we're going to be speaking about a small sermon that I was able to be blessed to do um, for my friend and brother in Christ, uh, Pastor Taylor, pastor of the New Faith Baptist Church. They asked me to speak and um, it was my pleasure. But the thing about it that is that's what this podcast, one of the things that God had let me know that as I continue to speak um, my truths of my life and um, help to teach, to bring an understanding of scriptures and that it was going to open the doors for me to be able to um, have the opportunity to be able to preach at different um, churches and church services. I mean, during this COVID, it's a little different. It was it's done online, but um, it wasn't a Zoom call, but it was a prayer line. And it was amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. And, and I have um, the majority of the sermon I recorded, so I would like to put it out. And uh, we'll talk about that also on this uh, podcast today. So let's get started by talking about the virus. My take on the virus is that it is reached, it has reached a number of I don't think anyone thought that it would be this bad. I mean, maybe, of course, uh, some professionals <clears throat> have predicted that it could get this bad and worse, and especially that this season being a uh, the fall, they, <clears throat> they constantly predicted that the fall season would be even worse. <clears throat> it has definitely shown to be pr- true the numbers of deaths at this point is is quickly reaching 260,000 dead from this 
uh, COVID-19 virus pandemic that we are in. And, you know, I spoke to someone today. I was um, uh, waiting online for something and, uh, and a person just was talking and and he was saying, you know, I know it's serious. And he had his mask on. I have my mask and shield on. But he said, but he had not met anyone that had lost anyone uh, throughout this um, this deadly pandemic. And I was able to share with him that, you know, I can understand that. But, you know, I have. And I think of my next door neighbor, really good friend of mine, lost his uh, life on this earth with that the battle of uh, COVID um, and a family member in the house also had it but they was able to survive it and I have uh, another friend same age as me had lost her battle with it and to find out that her mother also around in March had passed away March or April from it so <clears throat> and I know other people too and friends and family members and who have um, been dealing with it you know, my, my thing on this, on the virus is that it is so serious. You know, this is not political. I mean, I'm not talking to try to be political at all. But um, I'm talking this in terms of, as far as the virus that, you know, some people still don't really believe it, you know. And it's sad because so many people have lost their lives. So many families have been affected by the loss of life. And then, you know, something that they don't, you don't really hear too much about, but a lot of people that um, have had the virus and now has survived it, they have new types of health conditions that they're going to be dealing with for the rest of their life. And I've heard uh, some say they lost taste, you know, and just other different types of um, bronchial and uh, asthmatic type conditions that has come from the result of it, this virus. You know, it's serious. It's so serious. And, and uh, I mean, you know, it's funny. You know, our grandparents, our parents, you know, taught us as we was from being young how important it is to wash your hands, to have proper hygiene. But I mean, if you go further back, a couple hundred years ago, when they started finding out different viruses uh, that that was uh, coming, you know, different pandemics that we that we've been through in in our history, it, it comes from cleanliness, you know. So you know, me as a young minister, you know, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. Yes, and how many people before the virus? You know, didn't pay attention to washing their hands. I mean, I know I would go into restrooms at the baseball game or whatever, and you would see people use the bathroom and come out the bathroom without even washing their hands, no rinse, no nothing. You know, I mean, I've seen one time I was walking a dog and, you know, uh, seen a young man getting ready. Well, it was a young man, he was 40s probably, getting ready to get into his van, coming out of his house, and, you know, Excuse me, I know this is a little nasty, but you know how some people just blow their nose without tissue and just shoot it out their nose? I seen him do that and and then wipe his hands on his pants and <clears throat> just get in his, his van and 
you know, seen him, you know, driving away without no sanitation, no of his hands or, or nothing. So then you just have to think with people like that, that are spreading germs, it's so easy for people. That's why the flu season is such a big deal because so many people are nasty in that way that you go behind that person and he maybe he's going into a Walmart or a, some supermarket or something and he puts his hands on the, the handle, never cleaned his hands, and then you come behind him, even though you cleaned your hands, but you go behind him and you grab the same handle and not realizing the germs that you just put on your hands and then you walk and then you go rub your face or uh, rub your eyes or you know wipe something off the side of your mouth or wipe your nose and you don't even really you take that virus that that germ and you implement it into yourself so th- these are the regular these are basic um, principles of uh, hygiene proper hygiene and and cleanliness that, that we should constantly do. But now that we're in the midst of a, a raging pandemic, it's it's more important now to pay attention to that. You know, you know they don't like you to use uh, rubber gloves because if you use rubber gloves, you might be protecting yourself, but you'll be spreading more germs to other services. I get it. I like to use rubber gloves, but however I use it, after I'm done with it, I discard it. You know, I'd rather, and I mean, I, if I go on, like, say, into BJ's or a Sam's Club, I'm going to, they have the uh, sanitization station to wipe down your cart. I'm still going to have my gloves on. I'm going to wipe down the cart and then continue to go do what I got to do because now I got to pick up different things if I want to get from off the shelf or whatever. Again, you don't know if the person before you that touched that, how clean they were or not. So that's why it's important for us to, you know, to be more vigilant and and have more concern about these germs that are out there. Now we know there's a virus out there that is a killer. So, you know, I just wanted to t- touch on the virus and on, on that aspect, you know, uh, this this time, the flu season is going on now, as well as the second or third wave of the the coronavirus in all our states in the United States is rising and deaths are rising. I just wanted to, you know, like a service announcement to tell people, to warn people even more that, yes, it's getting worse now and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So to please be extremely careful and cautious, you know, concerning um, the virus. And, you know, my family, we just now purchased all we got. We have been have the mask. We got all the surgical masks and other masks to put over top of that but now we just now um, purchased the the shields they have the shields that you can wear because now they're saying you got to be careful for the virus can since it's airborne it it's also can go through your eye socket you know so you know just extra precaution we just decided that we would get the shield so if we go out or if we're going to do anything we'll have our mask and our shields that's us um i recommend just being extremely cautious concerning this virus that's that's my recommendation you know now this this right here is going to go right into the next part what i want to talk about which is thanksgiving this week is thanksgiving uh today is the 23rd and thursday is thanksgiving and you know there's a lot of uh talk and um recommendations of staying home you know, I've, I've been looking into it, and 
they make sense. People are traveling on the planes, and you know, you you don't know if you you have it now. The other thing about this getting tested for Thanksgiving, you can get tested today, and you get the result saying that you didn't have it, but yet you could have gotten it during that time. So it's it's a very tricky thing, you know. I know we usually have <clears throat> we usually have a huge Thanksgiving celebration with um, people who are less fortunate that um, some people don't have the home to have a proper uh, happy Thanksgiving with the, all the fixings and everything. So we usually provide that for a few people uh, in the church or in the area along with our family. But this year we have to do it differently. We're not going to do that. you know. But um, we still are going to have our family that's actually here. It's only a couple of us, but we will be having my uh, mother-in-law because she's she's been being tested, and her caregiver, which is her granddaughter, which is our niece, is her caregiver. So they are always tested and everything. And I'm going to go and drive and pick them up, so there's no buses or nothing like that. And we're going to have a nice small dinner. I'll bring them back home. And but we're all gonna be having face shields on. We're all gonna be having our masks. I guess until we gotta eat. But you know, it's just extra precautions. You know. So Thanksgiving. The thing I wanted to say about Thanksgiving was that, you know, honestly, you know, like I said, we've been doing big Thanksgivings. But um, you know, I have a lot of family across uh, across the nation that we haven't seen in years. So it wouldn't make sense for me to try to have a big Thanksgiving now during this. But what I can plan for is that hopefully this time next year that we can have a wonderful big uh, Thanksgiving dinner and people can come and travel and we can enjoy. And, you know, we like to do marshmallows on the open fire in the back and we smoke the turkey. And, you know, so we're really looking forward to next year that we'll all be able to get together and um, enjoy uh, Thanksgiving the way we would like to. Now, the other thing is that I've heard uh, some say we should all try to get together with our family now because maybe someone's not going to maybe someone's not going to survive the next year and we won't be able to see them next year for this time. I I don't agree with that. You know, if you stay safe, if we do what we're supposed to do and 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 give the the government the opportunity to to uh develop the proper vaccine and then we get the vaccine then we can be around people again. I'd, I'd rather say let's wait to that opposed to having some really big, gigantic celebration of people even though that and acting like the COVID is not there. So there's just my thoughts on it. And I just wanted to figure, I, I just felt that it was uh, on my heart to, to speak on these that subject. So now... The next thing I want to talk about briefly is about the election. You know, on this podcast, I've, um, I even have a commercial that that you can uh, log on to and 
help you to understand what's going on in the elections or or who's in your in your state that is running and who's on the tickets and and things like that so you know i'm gonna have the commercial after this and then you'll be able to hear that but um at this point our president has sued over 36 states of fraud in the elections now when i heard that i i'm like i feel like this if if there's evidence of fraud then i'm 100% for it let's let's get it right i mean let's i mean it's not dependent on it's not who i voted for this is not what we're talking about who i voted for but what i'm speaking about is our democracy if there's fraud then if you feel it's fraud then take it to the courts and let the courts uh, hash it out now that's that's what democracy is all about but our president sued 36 states for fraud and out of 36 states they were all dismissed or changed their mind or, or whatever and and none of the lawyers that were saying it was actually saying it there was fraud okay so it's over but you know there's this following of of don't uh stop the stop the steal of the deal or something like that and if there was fraud and if 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 the the people that was running elections did the wrong thing they should be held accountable for i believe that wholeheartedly i mean i don't care what side you're on if you cheat if you cheated if you um lied and you sneaked and you threw out ballots or changed this then you should be prosecuted you should be it should be investigated but there has been no evidence of fraud so how am i supposed to stand on the side of saying yeah there's fraud yeah there's fraud they're lying that they're not letting us say outside if the true facts is the opposite of that all the lawyer all the, the judges all across the united states said there's no evidence of it so who would i who am i to say that yes there is evidence and there isn't at least the judges said there isn't and they threw it out and said we can't go forward with this it doesn't make sense but you know hey to each his own everybody's gonna fight for what they believe i like to believe that my voice uh, is fighting for for right for the rightness of of the election for the rightness of of um fairness you know it is what it is so now we're going to get ready to take a break and when we come back i'm going to immediately come back with the sermon that i had my first sermon that i was able to uh, speak at the uh, new faith baptist uh, church with a um, past under pastor taylor my homeboy and you know we've i've even spoke about him on several uh, several episodes because we grew up together and we we've done a lot of things together and a lot of things we haven't spoken about yet and but um but so when we come back from this break we're going to go immediately right into the sermon and then we'll 
we'll speak on the other end to end the, the podcast. So thanks again for listening. Um, please don't go nowhere. Take a listen to this commercial and we'll be right back on the other side with my first sermon at the New Faith Baptist Church. He was so busy, even before uh, four, chapter four, in chapter three, he was busy again, just busy, busy, preaching the word, teaching the word, healing people, and just doing everything that he could do to do what he is, is the Lord. Now, he was a tired man, you know, so at, when we come back down to, to the end of, of Mark four, and he said, let's, let's go to the other side. Jesus was already in the boat. He was tired. He was ready to, to, to take his nap and go to sleep and rest. But what happened before even then, what a lot of people don't seem to realize is that when he was in chapter three, excuse me, in chapter three, he had anointed the apostles as apostles. He had also given them the authority to drive out demons. So this is before chapter four. So the reason why I'm, I want to point this out is because while he was working his hardest to get them to understand that they had the power to defeat the devil, to drive out the devil. And then as he taught and taught and taught, he taught on all different types of parables in, in uh, four, he spoke on the sore. He spoke on the seed. He spoke on the light about our light. He, he spoke about the, the parable of the mustard seed, which was compared to the kingdom of God. And, and after he taught all these things to the multitude, then he had to go back and explain it to the, to his disciples because they didn't quite understand what was going on. So with all of that going on, you got to, I want you to see this picture that Jesus was working very, very hard. And, and at this point, it was time to go to the other side and it was time for them to take his sleep. Now, here comes this storm. Now, I want to take a break from that real quick because I want to tell you about a story that happened in my life. It is a testimony and it's also compared to, to these scriptures. So back on the streets of New York City, I used to be a uh, disabled veteran vendor and um, I served in the military. I was injured in the military. And when I came out, I was able to receive a, a license to sell on the streets of New York City. Now, you know, most people probably on the line are probably from the area of New York. So you have an idea of what it is to see a vendor on the street of New York City selling T-shirts, hats, hoodies and all these different types of things, sunglasses. This is what I was doing. So I kind of want to just kind of build this scene so you can get this this in your in your idea in your mind of what I'm trying to put out on the streets of New York City is very busy day and I was a very busy person working really hard but at this time I, I was a, a true saved saint of God as well and I didn't just work hard to make the the cash the money but my, I also worked hard to 
to try to find a lost soul, to try to help a homeless person or to, to pray with someone. So throughout my day of um, my regular business, I always was in prayer and asking God to help lead me to be able to, to speak to someone or to pray with someone. So this was one of those days, not different than any other. However, my stand is, was built in such a way we had to, it had to be a, a moving stand. So it's not, you couldn't have a, you couldn't have a fixed stand. It had to be on wheels and you had to be able to move. The police told you to move. So we had the, our structure built in such a way that where if it rained, we had special type of bars and we had this really extremely thick plastic that would um, protect us from the elements. Now, it was it looked like it was going to rain a little bit, but it wasn't really that big of a deal. But we always keep umbrellas. We sew the T-shirts and everything, but we always kept umbrellas. So now the rain started coming down a little bit. So we break out the umbrellas and start selling some umbrellas. We're getting rid of getting rid of the umbrellas and getting down to the last box or two. And I told my my worker, I was like, listen, you're going to have to hop on a train, go downtown to 26th Street and and pick up some more umbrellas. Now I was located on 41st and Broadway. So if you're familiar with that area, that's the corner of where uh, the Red Lobster is located. So if you know about the Red Lobster, they have a lot of windows. And if you're inside the lobby, you can see out and, and people could see my stand. So it started raining. We sold the umbrellas. I got my, my worker to go and pick up some um, more umbrellas. I knew we was gonna run out. He goes down the subway. I finished selling my umbrellas. I sold my last two boxes and it's like right on cue. When I sold the, pretty much the last one, the rain started coming down. And I'm not just talking about a regular rain. It was those that, that New York hurricane type weather. We didn't, we wasn't paying attention to the weather report knowing that this was going to happen, but I'm talking about the wind was blowing so hard that my stand was coming apart. So much water was coming down that we're on the top of it. The, the buckets of water was collecting in the plastic. I couldn't remove the water fast enough before it collapsed my, my stand. Now I'm by myself. There's nobody else on the street because the wind is blowing so crazy. Everybody else run inside the stores pretty much ran inside the, the Red Lobster and everybody's packed in there. And I was the show. They're just sitting there watching me struggling with this wind and this rain and my stuff starting to blow over, my stands collapsing. And I tell you what, at that moment, it got so bad that I knew that the wind was gonna tear apart my stand and all my merchandise was gonna be destroyed by the rain and the wind. But in an instant like that, the thought of Jesus awakening up on the boat came to my heart and my mind. And I know that was God. I know that was God in me to remind me of the time on the ship when they were struggling with the winds and all the water was being dumped on their ship and, and, and the ship was about to sink. And then they had to wake up Jesus. In my mind, Jesus woke up in me even stronger than before. And I took my head out of the plastic and I stuck my head up facing the sky and I said, peace be still, peace be still. I said it twice. And then after that, I pleaded the blood of Jesus against the devil that was trying to attack me. And I tell you saints, in a matter of moments or seconds even, the rain stopped, the wind stopped. 
And the people that was watching me in, in the, in the, uh, in the red lobster looking at me, I can see there was like, well, what, what happened? How did it stop so quick? And then as soon as that happened, my, my uh, worker came up out of the train station. He said, Hey Dave, what's going on? I thought it was raining out here. It's not raining. I had to go and continue to explain to him. The people that came out and was trying to help me get my stand back together, I explained to them. So I was able to witness to them. I was able to stand strong on the word of God and know that Jesus had my back, that Jesus was going to stop whatever was coming. And that's what he did. So what I have to say to you as the saints is this. What boat are you in right now in your life? What is going on in your life right now that is, 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 is tearing, tearing your structure down, filling your boat up, trying to, to destroy you? Is it sickness? Is it disease? Is it this COVID? Is it our finances? Is it hatred that people have toward us and our family? The devil is attacking our family, that's for sure. But what we have to realize at the one same time, like how when Jesus woke up on that boat, he didn't wake up complaining. He woke up and, and, and said, peace, be still. So it's time for us to not be so down and start letting all that, that water being dumped into our boat. But for us to stand strong on the word of God and know that we are children of God and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And this is what we this is what we have to stand on. Now, there's a lot more that I can talk about this, but I didn't, you know, I only had a few uh, 15 minutes, so I don't want to go too much. But I, I just wanted to point this out because so many people are so down on themselves. So many people are, are allowing the devil to win. So many people are allowing the devil to defeat them. What we have inside of us is 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 so powerful. When you say these words. I plead the precious blood of Jesus against the devil that is attacking me. The devil trembles and he's going to find somewhere else to go. You can tell him to go. So this is my message to the saints. Know who we have inside of us. Stand strong on the word of God. Study to show yourself approved. So we don't need to be ashamed of what we stand in for. So I'm so thankful to be able to be able to spread that word today. And, you know, is Jesus asleep in you? Does it feel like he's asleep? He's not asleep. Jesus is not asleep. You just have to call on him. You know, okay, let's, we can talk about the, the, the uh, apostles that were afraid of the ship going down, but at least they knew who to call on. They knew who to call on, and they did, and he saved them. And then he taught them and showed them, and, and, and that's what we are now. We, we are his disciples. Anyone has accepted Christ into their heart as, as, as the, Jesus is our personal Savior, and we continue to live day by day and try to grow in that, we are his followers. We are Christians, Christians, Christ-like. That is us. Stand strong in what you believe, saints. Know that Jesus is real. He's true in our hearts. And I plead the blood of Jesus against the devil that is trying to come against anyone that's on this call and family and, and upon the face of the earth, that the blood of Jesus would flow over this world and that God will do what he has to do. 
This is not no. This is not a mistake. This is not a mistake. What's going on? The COVID nineteen. This isn't the first time that we had a pandemic in 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 uh, history. But what do we do with it now? What do we do now? We stand on Christ. We we study. We pray, and we continue to go forward in Him. And I know for a fact that whatever it's supposed to be is going to happen as long as we love him and we continue to serve him. And I thank you so much, Pastor Taylor, for allowing me to speak. God bless you all. And I hope that this was a fruitful word for everyone. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Every man. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that word, Minister Dave. My pleasure. He that is in us and he that is in the world. And it's on Christ the solid rock that we stand on other on other ground. It's thinking that stands. Amen. So we have to stand on his word. And especially in a time like this. We thank you for the words of it. Welcome back. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that brief sermon. Yes, I definitely spoke of that on one of my earlier uh, episodes on this podcast. I went a little deeper in the uh, the sermon. You know, but there's something that I also want to point out. Uh, that been a, my final notes to this this uh, podcast. You know, hesitation in moving in the call that God has on your life or for you to move in a direction moving forward in God's life. You know, everyone hesitates at times because we're human. But just like during that uh, sermon that I just now preached, if I hesitated, let's say I hesitated, and I didn't move on the movement of my heart that God spoke to me to 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 speak to the wind, to speak to the to the elements in the in the air. If if I didn't move on that, if I didn't have the faith to trust and believe that that what I was feeling in my heart was true, and I hesitated. The outcome could have been so different. I mean, yeah, maybe this, the, my stand could have got blown over. Or remember, I told you it was on wheels. It could have, it could have rolled. The lock could have came off, and it could have rolled, and it could have went to the street and hit somebody that was driving by. Because just because it's a hurricane, that's not stopping people from driving in New York. I mean, a lot of people will stop, but there are a few. So I can think of different scenarios that could have happened. Things that could have been really bad. But I didn't hesitate. So I want to speak on this hesitation that we have as as, uh, people, human beings. But also the people of us, the human beings that have accepted uh, Christ into our heart. And and we are working on living a better and uh, a fulfilling life of helping others and reaching out and and spreading the, the gospel and spreading the word. Hesitation can be deadly. So I just wanted to just speak about this real quick. In Genesis 19 and chapter 16 speaks about hesitation. 
Lot and his family. Now, a lot of people know the story of Lot and that that Lot begged, well, not begged, but had a conversation with the Lord and because God had to let him know he was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Lot, you know, very humbly asking, you know, if I can ask you, if there's, if if you found 50 people in in this town, would you still destroy it? And God said, absolutely not. This went on because then Lot asked, well, what if it was 40 people? What if it was 30 people? What if it was 20 people? And then he, again, humbly, since you're even listening to me, Father, what if there was only 10 people? And God says, if there's 10 righteous people in there, I I won't destroy it. So Lot knew that God was going to destroy this town, but he told him that it was time for him to get his family and to get ready to go. So the angels that told him this you know, it was, I mean, it's a whole big scene. I mean, if you, you go back and read this this uh, chapter, chapter 19 in Genesis, you'll, you'll, it's, it's, it's a very, very powerful chapter of, of what happened during that time. You know, the angels came into town. The men and the boys of that town came to Lot's house and said, give us those men so we can have sex with them. And Lot said, no, please take my my daughters. I have two virgin daughters. Take them instead. So that's how serious this this uh, this story gets. But uh, a lot of times, if you ever heard the story, you don't hear the part when the angel said, is there anyone else in this town that of your family or friends that you need to tell so they can be saved? And there was two. It was actually the husbands, or not the husbands, but the, okay, yes, I, I believe it was definitely the the sons, because it was the in-laws. Okay, matter of fact, I'm looking at the scripture now in Genesis 19, back to 12. It says, then the angel said to Lot, do you have anyone else here? A son-in-law, your sons and daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Okay, so we can debate of exactly who and what and everything. But the bottom line is, after that scripture, he says he went to the sons-in-laws and he told them and they laughed. They didn't believe that God was going to destroy everything. And so they stayed. So that's why they wasn't in the picture anymore. When this hesitation came, when it was time for them to leave, the angel said to Lot, let's go. He had already cast uh, blindness over the men that was at the door to try to, to get the angels to have sex with them. So the angels caused them to have blindness. Now we know that part of the story. But this part right here, the hesitation that a lot I have not heard, but in my studies, it, it stood out so strong to me that when the angel said, this is after they were given the blindness, and they said, let's go. Lot was hesitant. He was planning on not going because he still felt, because God had so much compassion on him, that possibly God would have the same compassion to 
everyone else in the city or maybe someone else in the city. But that was it. The next, the next uh, verse or the, the verse I was speaking about, 19, says that the angels grabbed Lot's hand and, and his wife's hand and his two daughters. They grabbed their hands and seemingly dragged them out of the town to the other side of the town. Of course, you know, Lot's wife looked back. Looking back is something we shouldn't do. And this is a part of the scripture that explains that. Lot's wife looked back and she turned to a pillar of salt. And I mean, the story gets even way deeper after God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. What happened after that with, with Lot and his two daughters? But I'm not going into that. That's a whole other story. But the, the thing what I want to point out is the hesitation. You know, I'm very thankful to God that I did not hesitate to move on this having this podcast. Because I see now if I would have hesitated and didn't do it or didn't think, no, God didn't tell me to do no podcast. What where would I be at this point? I mean, yeah, I would still be doing my studies and I would still do my things. But this podcast is allowing um, a window to be open or a door to be open for blessings to be poured out on other people, people, homeless people, people that uh, don't have uh, enough money coming in to help their food situations. And God only knows what else this, this podcast is, who it's going to help. But I do see his fingerprint on it now. And I just want to say this. The lost kings is a representation of the lost souls. Hopefully you get that understanding. And I promise you, I'm working on several things. You know, one thing I didn't mention that I wanted to mention before um, I finished this recording was that we have reached out to the Stroudsburg Wesleyan Church. And they have a, a program called the Cold Weather Shelter, which helps people who are homeless, about to be homeless, in need of food and different types of shelters and things. So we are so honored to be able to be able to be a blessing to this particular church because we we have visited the church on numerous occasions. Our, our daughters sing at the church on several occasions. Our friends, we have very dear friends that was a part of this church and moved moved away. I spoke about them. I just don't speak their name because I don't know. You know, I like to keep people's names. A private, but to know that they also have became um, uh, supporters to the Lost Kings podcast, and now we, through them, we will be able to connect with the the Wesleyan uh, Stroudsburg Wesleyan Church, the Cold Weather Shelter uh, Project, and um, hopefully we'll be um, tying up all the rest of the loose ends so we can start dispersing some monies that we have to help uh, people in need in that in that area and and we also open we have many doors open for others as well so once again thank you for your support thank you for listening and um understand you can anything you want to comment on this uh podcast any episode you can feel free from the home page where you are now you can click on a message you can leave a voice message and if you leave a voice message, I know you don't mind me using your 
your testimony or your your voice message on this podcast. So all of those of you have been blessing us and, and helping us to continue to move forward and to help others. Thank you so much. Thank you, and, and, and I can never thank you enough. And I know it, I know it's a warm spot in God's heart as well. Pastor Taylor, my brother, thank you for allowing me to to uh, have a few moments to to speak the Word of God from from my heart. Um, that was a true blessing. We look forward to um, doing the next recording with you. And I believe you asked me for January, so when um, that's gonna get ready to come, and I'm about to do that. I would love to announce it on on uh, the podcast, as well as um, I would love to announce the times that you have, because you mentioned several times that you're doing prayer lines and so many wonderful things, and I would like to um, put that on the next podcast so everyone can uh, take a listen to more more things that um, Pastor Taylor is doing over there, the New Faith Baptist Church. Well, God bless you all. Thank you so very much. And we had a few more new supporters. Uh, Thank you for your financial support. It's going to be used, I promise, to help someone. So thanks again. God bless you. And have a happy Thanksgiving and a safe Thanksgiving.